Hey, Mark. Did you know that excessive celebration became a penalty because of the icky shuffle from Icky Woods in the 1980s? I did not know that. Well, now you know. Speaking of excessive celebration, I'm Cody O. And I'm Mark, the lazy-ass mastermind. And it's time for... Excessive Excessive Celebration. Celebration. All right, it's been a few weeks since we recorded our first episode. Now we're on to episode two. Um, As usual, we're going to start off with our field laundry segment where we bust through some headlines going through uh, the interwebs for this week. Um, Let's see. uh, Mark, do you want to start us off? Sure. Um, I would like to go ahead and update on uh, the Wimbledon situation after they've decided to make a political statement by banning all players from Russia and Belarus that – WTA and ATP, the governing bodies that involve tennis, have decided to kind of come back and put in their say and say, uh, well, none of the results are going to affect rankings as we're not awarding points based on anything that happens at Wimbledon. So it is now what would equate to the world's most expensive exhibition in the history of tennis, which, you know, I'm uh, I'm not going to weigh in politically, but obviously, you know, uh, Wimbledon decided to make their statement as to how they feel about the situation, and uh, the governing bodies have come right back and said, well, that's cool. We also have the power to do what we're going to do. I think that you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Uh, Wimbledon isn't wrong in what they did, but if you're the governing body um, and you don't want the results to affect the overall sport, then that's also your prerogative. Well, if you're knocking out, you know, the in best some players. places, top 10 yeah, competition. Exactly. Uh, and then you're going to call it like it's a, you know, a standard competition, then uh, I would disagree with that. that right. When you remove competitors, you are not uh, having the same competition. I like it. All right, Mark. John Daly teed off in the first group of the PGA Championship Thursday, making headlines with his gaudy golf pants and excessive cigarette smoking. Despite a decent first round, he, of course, missed the cut. Do you think some of these golf ambassadors help or hurt these major events? Does it draw focus away from the actual competitors? Well, in my life, I've got to look at uh, guys like my dad who do not pay attention to golf. Love Bodie. He's never played golf. He, uh, he never will play golf. But he will look and see John Daly smoking Marlboro Reds, slamming peanut M&Ms in between the third and fourth hole, and he will chuckle. That will bring attention to guys like him. So I would I would argue that it's increasing, but, you know, you're going to talk to some lifer golf people that are going to say, you know, that's a bad look. Disrespectful. That's, I don't yeah. like that. Right. You know, the same people, stop golfing in shorts. But I also feel like those people didn't like John Daly in the 80s. That's real life. <laughs> but, you know, I and if, if they don't like it, they need to stop uh, giving out the lifetime uh, lifetime memberships to the people that win these exactly. major championships. You know what John Daly's going to do Every when he time. shows up. The U.S. women's soccer team, after many years of uh, oh, struggle yeah. in and out of courts, Big news. Uh, very much in the public eye, they've uh, officially agreed to a, a collective bargaining agreement that's going to give them equal pay to the male counterparts. And uh, I know a lot of people have a lot of really big feels concerning this issue. And uh, to be honest, I'm uh, I'm just happy that the women were able to uh, to kind of get what they wanted. You know, they, they did it the right way. They did it through a collective bargaining agreement. Some people would argue that it didn't necessarily – necessarily happened in the most timely fashion and of course took a ton of pushback from the other side but uh being a girl dad i'm really excited that the women have uh kind of absolutely got to what they were shooting for there well there's a couple things i have about that um first of all the the men have been saying for years that they want equal pay with the women so when literally the two people most affected by where the money goes don't agree with where the money goes you know you have a problem um i used to think that it that I learned that I was wrong. I thought the men's team made a lot more money for the U.S. team than the women's team did, and that's just not true. I thought that's kind of why they made more money, like in men's sports. like and The NBA generates more revenue than the WNBA. Uh, but that was not true at all in the Olympics, so it literally was just blatant sexism. So I'm glad they finally got it cleared up. All right, Netflix announced the subject of its next comedy roast special, and, of course, it's Tom Brady. (laughs) We all know the Peyton Manning roast was a thing of beauty, but is this just too much, Tom? Also, Manning is fairly universally loved and respected, but a lot of people actually hate Tom Brady for a multitude of reasons, including cheating at football, cheating (laughs) cheating on his pregnant girlfriend, wearing Uggs, fake crying on TV, the list goes on. So will this roast have more of an edge to it for the public? Will it Will it not be as harmless as Tom might be thinking it, it will be? 
I just want to go on record as saying that I don't like Peyton Manning. So, <laughs> so universally loved. That's out of line. That's okay. Everybody except for Mark. <laughs> okay, I'm down. I'm down to be an army of one. Here. But I'm. But seriously though, I'm just asking. Like, you know, like w- when you get a sports figure doing a roast, you kind of think it's like it's funny. It's kid gloves a little bit, you know. But with Tom Brady, I think. There's a lot of people that really don't like him. No, that's real life. And you, you got you to gotta think that there's a there's some kind of a written into his contract there. Like, yo, I get to double check everything that's going to be said about me before this gets said. I wonder or last if editing you're... rights. It wouldn't stun me. And I mean, right. if, you're as, if you're as rich and successful as Tom is, do you really have the ability to be like offended? It's like, oh, that's hilarious. I have nine rings. Well, I, I guess mainly I think Someone's gonna dig him on the you know leaving his pregnant girlfriend for Giselle, and he's that's probably fairly uncomfortable for him. I mean, how many deflated ball jokes can you sit through? That's true. That is what made All him cry on TV. <laughs> Dude, how many times do they show that loop of him at Michigan? <gasps> Mom and Dad just really believed in me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. What you got for me? Orioles officially calling up Adley Rushman. Uh, the overall number one pick from the 2019 MLB draft. Finally. Uh, yeah, he's hitting 309 with three homers and nine RBIs in just 19 games at AAA. Uh, strained his right tricep earlier in, a, in an exhibition match, which is kind of what caused the delay. Ooh, fun trivia question, Cody. I'm going to hit you with the first one of the day. All right. Uh, he's going to be wearing number 35. As an Oriole, why is number 35 significant? Number 35, is that the number that Brooks Robinson wore? Negative. Is that the number that Roberto Alomar wore? No, wasn't he? A, did he play for the Orioles? Mm-hmm. Was it Ro- I thought Robbie was a, was, a, was a Toronto guy. He was for a little bit. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, we'll continue to guess as we go through. 35. See, baseball, football, it's kind of a dead giveaway. You're like, okay, it must be a wide receiver if it's in the 80s. But, yeah, baseball, 35. I'll have to think about that one. It's not Cal's number. No, no. Cal's is retired. Yeah, you don't get Cal's yeah, number. I was like, that's stupid. I shouldn't have even said that. <laughs> um, but, anyways, about Adley, though, we're very excited. I kind of had a little thing for you on Adley. Um Adley was selected ahead of Bobby Witt Jr. and Andrew Vaughn. Both of, Andrew Vaughn made his debut last year, mm-hmm. and pretty good for a prospect. Bobby Witt Jr. obviously coming out this year hot, um, definitely in the lead to for rookie of the year right now. Um, do you think, coming up what almost a month and a half late, do you think Adley Rushman could be rookie of the year if he comes out swinging? Or is he just not that kind of player? He's not really an offensive like bat. As much, um, he's you know I think he's, he's a lot of a defense. Well, and not to mention uh, he's playing catcher. Am I That's wrong? What, yeah, he's a catcher. So, so like like yeah. very few guys catch more than 120, 130 games. You look at guys like like Salvador Perez that want to catch 150, 155 games. Right. Speaking of, he's on the ten day ten day. Uh, yeah, I saw that injured list or what? Are, we we can't call it the disabled list anymore. What is it? It's the IL. Yeah, the, the, just the injured in list. Injured list because yeah. he's not disabled. He's injured. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so very few guys. I mean, it's hard to claim the numbers when you're literally going to be going against guys that are going to play 150, 155 games when you're, and you're saying starting a month and a half right, late. Right, so right. what's he looking at playing this year? hundred games? Maybe. Tops? Maybe. So yeah. you'd have to light the world on fire. Last thing on Adley Rushman that I looked up on him. Um, average major league throwout rate is about 30%. Uh, all of his minors is right about 24%. So... I don't expect that throwout number to go up in the majors, do you? I do not. Then so, again, I don't know. We'll have to see. He Depends plays on the shortstop. Yeah, he plays for a terrible team. Do you That's steal true. a lot of ba- lot of bases against a team that you're quite likely beating? Yeah. I mean, they did just move that fence back. Well, I'm about just saying, 40 as, feet. as the uh, oh, yeah. as the first all- overall pick, you know, catcher. I, I just I, I wanted to see his throwout rate at the minors a little higher than it was. But anyways. And you got to think about the pitchers, too. They, I've been told that, you know, 30% of your throwout rate is how quickly your pitcher can get the ball to the catcher. True. And if you're in the minors, Accurately. You're, right. uh, you're probably not dealing with pitchers that are very good at doing he's that. He's probably much better than everyone on his teams that at all levels that he's played. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a good point. And that is kind of a dependent play. But I'll definitely keep an eye on it. It's something worth watching. Absolutely. And worth bringing up. All right. 
Last year, Colorado passed a law banning the use of Native American mascots at the high school level. Twelve schools in the state, including several high-profile ones, have refused to change their mascots and are going to have to pay a $12,000 a month fine for as long as they hold out. Seeing things like this on a local level, combined with the name changes we see from Cleveland and Washington, do you expect to see a harder push for teams like the Kansas City Chiefs and the Atlanta Braves to change their native origin names as well? Um, right off the bat, we had in Colorado we had teams like the, uh, the Lamar Savages. That's that's inexcusable. There's nothing. There's there's no nobody can stand so by. Thirteen of the twenty three schools in Colorado under this thing to, with native themed names in quotes. Mm-hmm. Their name their name was literally the Indians. And I read that the, the some of the schools in Kiowa actually are going to be able to stay the Indians as they they talked to the right. Ki- the they, Kiowa tribe out they of like Oklahoma. They cut a deal with them. Well, basically, yeah. And uh, the tribe agreed as long as you guys teach a Native American heritage class. That's mandatory. Mandatory right. in your school so that kids understand the culture and understand what it's about, then you're totally allowed to use the name. And to me, that's an excellent compromise because, you you know, you start talking about eliminating all of these mascots. In in a sense, you're you're kind of limiting exposure for the culture. You know, I see that in my mind, you know, so if, you, if you're, you know, maintaining it and at the same time teaching kids about Native American culture, uh, to me, that's a plus. You know, I'm going to stop you right there. Let's put a pin in that because I feel like this is a great segment we could maybe talk about in our Beyond Sports a little bit later on. We'll dive a little bit deeper into um, the controversy behind a lot of these sports names because I agree with you. There's a big difference between naming your sports team the Indians and your sports team being named the Chiefs or the Braves. Like, there's a big difference. So, yeah, let's, let's uh, dive into that a little bit later on. Pinned it. <laughs> Pinned it. <laughs> You got anything else for me? You know, uh, Tiger Woods. I just Tiger. Uh, about thirty minutes ago, I uh, I came to the uh, find out that he shot a uh, seventy nine at the PGA Championship. S- That's the fifth worst round he's ever had. Nine over. Obviously uh, eliminated from contention at this point. Yeah, uh, that'll played, do it. Played the first day, you know, limping on one leg. I think uh, he shot a seventy four, right? Yeah, and then yeah. he shot one under on day two, actually, showing yeah. that he's still got it. But uh, at, at what point is it not fair for us, the fans, the public, to continue to expect this guy to play at a level he has not played at consistently for many years. I know when he won that championship at the Masters in 2019, we we framed that as you know one of the greatest comeback stories in the history of sports. We're Ever. three years later, and it's like, well, he can just do it again, right? Like he's Tiger still, yeah. Right. You're right. I, I think that that's a really good point. And you know, if he had gone out and you know was playing tomorrow in the second group or something, then that'd be different. But, yeah, what happens, What has to happen to this guy? Does he have to fall off a cliff, lose a leg, um, like lose a hand or something in an accident, and then we're going to be like, well, maybe he won't be good at golf anymore. He's only got one hand, you know? Like, well, he was in an accident that almost took his life, at le- what, a year ago? and like And now we're just like... Man, he's really not that good at golf right now. Well, and how many of <laughs> us have 79. watched? How many of us have watched? You know, heroes of our childhood playing sports, going out there, and they frankly just don't have it anymore. And Absolutely. it's a sad thing to see. It's Todd a, Helton played for years for the Rockies when he shouldn't have been. And it's it's it it not the, rips I mean, I, I loved seeing him at first base every game I went to. You know, mm-hmm. but. You know, there was definitely talk of, like, why is Todd out there again? Shouldn't Just he be having a Heldenberger? Todd and the toddlers, man. It's Him and yeah. all the super young kids. Yeah. You know who else is kind of getting there? <laughs> okay, it's funny you bring that up because I don't know if anybody's noticed, but Charlie has not been in the lineup a lot. He does the last not play Sundays weeks. anymore. Have you heard that? That's official. Charlie officially yep. does not. He doesn't play, play on Sundays, Sundays. Period. Does he go fishing? Well, we were at that Royals game, and I'm looking right at you, and it's like, oh yeah, dude, they need a base runner. Charlie's not playing. Why would down you not lead one, off with down Charlie? By one Get on base, dude. In the with what the top of the the bottom of, top of the eighth had a seven run seventh. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then gave, gave it away. Gave it away. Down by one, bottom of the ninth. No pinch. You bring you, it. Yeah. You just, just keep shoving out the same I'm guys hitting there, 137. Just waiting, you know. We're all sitting there. Well, what did the Royals do? They, they brought they, a Benintendi, and he drives one in, gets on base, and they get it. They get their two runs using pinch hitters, and they to. beat us. Pulling yeah. out all the stops. I'm just sitting there waiting. You know yeah. what we're all waiting for. We kind of derailed <laughs> They're off Tiger, but I think it all it all tied together. 
All right, let's see. Do I got any more? One more for field laundry? Uh, yeah, I do have one more for field laundry, actually. The 2022 draft, which we will talk about in just a minute, um, but the 2022 draft saw a record six wide receivers taken in the top 20 picks highlighted by the Titans trading star A.J. Brown on the heels of paying him $100 million to Philadelphia and then drafting Traylon Burks with the pick they got in return for the trade. With with wide receivers costing such a high premium, is this going to be the new trend in the NFL, Mark, that you think? Like, do you think you're going to see guys um, getting traded right when they hit that first contract and just replaced with the next guy in the draft? I mean, we absolutely saw that happen with running backs in the right. NFL. Um, it did, right. I'm not saying that wide receivers necessarily have, like, a durability Was issue. Was that all Todd Gurley's fault, you think? I mean, in addition to several guys. <laughs> but, yes, Todd Gurley's right on the, the tip of that spear. You know, and I don't know if you see the durability issues so much with wide receivers as you do. And the, and the cap goes up every year. We You right. know, we don't know. In, in three or four years, you, you know, you look at – monster quarterback contracts right and then five years later it's like wow he's, well, he's making seven eight million dollars less than guys that are getting signed right now you you hit the nail on the head a couple of weeks ago when you said wow like pat mahomes is is a value he's he, that contract <laughs> looks better every single year and will for every year for a decade but absolutely in a world where, where tyreek hill's making 30 million dollars you know uh, right that's that's a tremendous chunk of the cap and like right. you said if you can go out and draft somebody who's 80, 85% as good, who you pay literally 10, 15% as much. It That's seems what like I was you're going to have if, much more roster flexibility. Like, how come, like, if Sky Moore is half as good as Tyreek Hill, but he is 99% cheaper, you know, where does, where does that balance work out in the modern NFL? And I think we're going to see that. We saw it happen with running back. And now it's starting to happen with receivers. And that's why GMs make so much money. Because they're way smarter than us. All right. All right. That was a great field laundry segment. Uh, We left a couple on the board. But uh, if we run out of time, maybe we'll talk about those later. All right. Well, in our first episode a couple weeks ago, we did it right before the NFL draft. And we uh, went through our mocks. We went through some of the expert mocks and uh, did some predictions. Well, now we're going to go through and just do a quick draft recap. We're not going to spend all day on it, but we're going to run through the picks. Um, and then we're going to talk about our ma- uh, our mock drafts after. I-, I was pretty surprised at which one of us did the best. Shout out to the people reading these things on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Right, draft recap. Let me pull up my uh, handy. Dandy. Excuse me while I whip this out. Excuse me. All right. Um, I think one of the one of the biggest surprises, obviously, um, in the NFL draft was, um, or maybe not surprise, but one of the biggest debates leading up to it was who was going to go first. Everyone thought it would be Aiden Hutchinson, but it ended up being Travon Walker out of Georgia. That's who Jacksonville took. Um, the Lions took Aiden Hutchinson, and then we hit our the first real big surprise was um, the Houston Texans taking the defensive back Derek Stingley Jr., third overall out of LSU. Um, thoughts on the top three? Well, you know, uh, obviously Jacksonville – they went with potential overproduction. Hutchinson, all the numbers lined up, all it squared up that that guy produced at a very high level for a very long period of time. Or, you know, for a college player, for a long period of time, it seems like he's very consistent. Pedigree. He's very, he seems like a surefire guy there. Regardless of what the stat sheets and longevity looked like, he was clearly considered the best player on arguably the best defense in college last year. So that's not nothing. And you look, you look at you look at the numbers for that number one pick there, and uh, you just don't see. You know, it reminds me of the old Wendy's commercials. Remember, like, where's the beef? Right, right, <laughs> absolutely. Like, yeah, sure, he measured up great, but uh, and then Stingley, you know, that was a surprise, but it wasn't a shock. The people who saw him play that first year in college saw a ceiling that looks like you know, this guy could be Champ Bailey. Yeah, absolutely. So the pro comparisons I saw for. Um, for Derek Stingley, um, where Stephon Gilmore, that was like what 99% of everybody put down. But, uh, my personal pro comparison was Darrell Revis. Um, and then I also found somebody, I think it was Walter football that said Darius Slay. Darius Slay. Darius Slay. Yes. Darius Slay is 
That's if he's Darius Slay, you blew the number three overall pick. Like no shade on Darius Slay, but that sounds very shady, yo. Yeah. Catching the chill in this shade. Yeah, right. Um, no shade. Right. Let me just talk shit about you real quick. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's real life. But like, yeah, and like, well, I mean, he's yeah, he's not third. Darius Slay didn't go third overall. Um, but after that, um, we had Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner going Sauce. to the Jets at number four. That was no shock. A lot of no people shock. saw that coming. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, we had our New York Giants. That no, that was one of the things that happened in the top ten. Nobody traded out of the top ten. We were thinking maybe Pittsburgh, maybe someone moving up for a quarterback. That did not happen. The Giants kept both their picks. They took uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. That's two starters right there, man. That's yep. two starters for the next five years. If, if you don't sign them, they oh, go yeah. away. But the next five years, you have two elite players at the arguably the two most important non-quarterback positions in the game. Yeah. You have an elite offensive tackle and an elite pass rusher. I would not be surprised, as much as I um, like the tape on Aiden Hutchinson, uh, I would not be surprised if in five years we look back and Kayvon Thibodeau is the most productive out of the group. You know, no, that's I totally you. possible. I'll give you that. Uh, sandwiched in between the Giants' picks was the Panthers. That was another one where everyone was like, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett. Um, it was not Kenny Pickett. They went offensive line, which pretty much everybody knew was what they were going to do if they didn't take the quarterback. Um, but I don't think anyone thought uh, Iquanu was going to be available at six. But that's who they took because he was on the board. Um, that was largely due to the Texans taking uh, Stingley. But they got the offensive line. Um, the end of the top ten, we had uh, Drake London going to the Falcons instead of Garrett Wilson, who was almost universally mocked to them. So they did take receiver, but they went with the more unproven, larger ex-receiver Drake London over Garrett Wilson. What's your thoughts on that? Is London your, fir- is London your first pick in a, in, a, in a dynasty league for a rookie draft? Who I at least for wide receiver, I think he has to be even over the running backs. We are we just talked about running backs in field laundry where it's becoming a replaceable position. So um, yeah, I mean, based on it's it's really hard to predict because you have to look at the offenses they're in. Like, are the Atlanta Falcons going to use Drake London? Like, if Drake London was on the Packers, I'd feel a lot better. But who else is catching balls there? In- Kyle Pitts, That's exactly, it. It. exactly. And and uh, our favorite guy, Z- Olamide Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. <laughs> there you go. Zacca- Olamide. Olamide. Olamide Zacchaeus. <laughs> that guy. And who's who's throwing the balls out there? Is it Mario? Aristotle. Oh no, sorry. I thought we were still with the Greek names. Um, yeah, Mariota. It's going to be Mariota, and then is Mariota a Greek name? And then they drafted the guy. <laughs> they drafted the guy. My guy, Desmond Ritter. Oh yeah. Desmond so that's Ritter an interesting. That's interesting. Um, actually. Before we get too off track, some people actually had uh, Desmond Ritter going at eight overall to the Falcons. Uh, rounding out the top ten, Charles Cross. If he's the best tackle in the draft, I would not be stunned. That was a tremendous pick for Seattle. Tremendous pick. That was the Broncos uh, pick that they got when they traded them Russell Wilson. They mm-hmm. took Charles Cross. The offensive line in Seattle has been a problem for years. Like It's pretty much the entire time Sounds they've had like Russell Wilson. the Bush Wilson. administration. So, there you go. Yep. <laughs> First or um, second? <laughs> um, I don't know. The Sean Alexander year, they probably had a pretty good offensive line. In they, they might have. They, they might have had a decent offensive Mike line Holmgren that year. Mike was in charge of that team. He liked big, beefy uh, They were probably good back then. So we're going with the second Bush. Um, <laughs> and then uh, at t- the pick number 10, Garrett Wilson went to uh, went to the New York Jets. So that's Not our top 10. Pick. Not a bad pick. Um, if we look at it, most experts, including you and I, had pretty much most of these players just in a some form of an order in those top 10. So mm-hmm. um, Derek Stingley, I think, was the only like true shock. You know, um, everyone thought he was more likely going to be later in the top I believe 10. I mocked Sauce 3. You did. You were on point. I was on point with the, the position. Point. But in my mind, you know, you just had better tape out of... I mean, you had more, right. you had more, more to look more at. More tape. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to check out our full draft recap, check out the draft recap bonus episode. All right, Mark, the 2022 baseball season is about a quarter way through. We're about 25% through. Before the season started, I did some predictions and some potential all-stars, MVPs, stuff like that. But now that we're about 25% way through the season, we can see if I was correct (laughs) and if there's any interesting storylines going on. Um, Let's see. You're a big Yankees fan. I'm about 250 pounds. (laughs) That took me a second. 
average size Yankees fan. Um, but the Yankees are doing quite well this year. Great start to the season. Uh, number one in the majors right now. Number one in the majors. Although second in run differential to the Dodgers. Um, but, you know, if you get to play the Orioles as many times as the Yankees had, uh, you'd think they'd be quite good. I think they have 14 games in a row against the White Sox and the Orioles. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, you can only beat the teams they put in front of you. They're doing quite well, though. No, uh, I think three guys in the top five in the majors for home runs are currently just, playing. Just going to say that. Yep, you Judge, got Stanton, Rizzo. Yep. Uh, getting getting good good pitching from, uh, from pretty much the whole staff there. Uh, Montgomery. Outperforming, honestly, uh, I would say Nestor Cortez at this point is a dark horse. He's my AL Cy Young. Yeah, Nestor Cortez is a beast. Nice. Um, Garrett Cole's pitching like Garrett Cole, and uh, when you've got run support like they do, you uh, you win a lot of games. Uh, I think that uh, the AL East is kind of uh, turning out how most people thought it would. I think Boston Boston's coming in now, but they're are not. they sellers? I think that they definitely are. Guys like Xander Bogarts that, that get a contract next year. I, I could see that happening. But you you got the Yankees doing the best, but then Tampa and Toronto just hanging in there right there. Toronto's struggling with offense. They're starting to slide a little bit. Toronto's dealing with a lot of injuries. That's not an excuse. Everybody is, but I just happen to have a lot of them on my fantasy team, so I'm <laughs> very aware. Acutely of aware. The, acutely aware of the Toronto injuries. How um, hot are the Houston Astros right now? The Houston Astros are the team that nobody wanted. Hot as a $50 like, pistol, man. Hot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, on the, all of the preseason rankings when it got to the AL West, they were just like, yeah, Houston will probably win it. And, like, nobody wants to be happy about it. But the, I think the story there, though, is the Los Angeles Angels. I kind of was going out on a limb when I put them in as a wild card um, for my uh, postseason predictions. And these guys are 24-17, and 17, 585, only a game and a half out of uh, division behind Houston. And with, what, Houston's 25-15 and 15, to say that, the Angels are only a game and a half out, twenty five percent of the way through the season. I think is a um, any any Angels fan is pretty stoked about that, especially when you're getting the production out of Mike Trout again. Mike Trout's up there in the uh, MVP race and in the home run category right now. Um, you got Otani killing it, and uh, who is that guy we were just talking about? Is it? It's. Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward coming out of nowhere, right field for the Los Angeles a- Angels. He's leading the majors right now. Isn't he playing third base? Uh, according to CBS Sports, he is a right fielder, but uh, he might be playing third base. I don't know. I mean, uh, Google's got more... him listed as an American professional baseball third baseman and outfielder. So yeah, you it could seems be like very there's right. a lot more utility players this season than I'm used I, to seeing. Yeah, yeah. So CBS is probably just going off of. Who knows what? But anyways, the guy's hitting 370 right now. That's like some Ted Williams type. In 108 stuff. at bats too. Not some right. guy who's like, oh, I've played in six games and I'm hitting 370. Uh, 40 hits in 108 at bats. Nine homers. Just right. uh, I think higher asked, war than Mike Trout right now. I, I, and that's that's I think being if you taller ask than the King average, Kong. I think if you ask the average person not from California who, who Taylor Ward is, they wouldn't know. You know, so I think that's what's so impressive about what he's doing right now. Um, looking at the top five batting average leaders, Taylor Ward is the only one that is surprising. You've got Manny Machado at mm-hmm. hitting three sixty three. Who's I honestly my NL amazing. MVP right now. Absolutely. If he, not, you give it to another third baseman. You've got JD Martinez hitting three forty nine for Boston. He's mm. all he always hits over. JD Martinez is incredible. And then running out the top five, you got Tim Anderson and Paul Goldschmidt. Just mm-hmm. perennial guys that put the bat on the ball. So uh, Taylor Ward, probably the coolest little story jumping up to uh, um, in the beginning of the year. Slugging percentage 713, leaves the majors and on-base percentage at 481. That is, that's like stuff you don't see. An OPS plus of 249. That's insane. That's insane. That's Babe Ruth stuff. Uh, Anybody else jumping out at you on the stat leaders right now? Um, Um, You know, uh, uh, Zimmerman, pitcher for the Orioles. Okay. uh, For a team that's... uh, that's not really good. And they just moved the fence back about 35 feet. But just a, a journeyman guy throws like 90 miles an hour, like primarily, literally just fastball changeup guy. Right. Just hits hits spots. He's got a, a like a 1-5 ERA right now, making big moves. Uh, Machado obviously having a huge year. Uh, Arenado trying his best to go get that elusive Aaron, MVP. Yep. Arenado is that's killing been, uh, it this year. You know, uh, Zach Grinky. Soft spot in my heart for Zach Greinke. Okay, uh, he's playing incredibly well for a team that's very bad. Right. <coughs> Excuse me, but uh, yeah, I'll throw I'll slide in some bold predictions because I didn't get to make them at the beginning of the year. 
Okay. I'm going to say that Taylor Ward has a higher war at the end of the year than Mike Trout does. That's a bold statement. That's I know. That's a bold statement. I, I mean, so you're saying that the, the, the hot start will, will will go all year or? Either that or, uh, you know, the uh, Don't say it. The glass cannon breaks. Okay. All right. All right. You know this is all your fault if that happens. I mean, tomorrow. yeah, if I called it, you can you can write. All of our listeners in, in Anaheim can send me hate mail. <laughs> Um, Noah. So send it to our producer. He lives at uh, one five. <laughs> Nestor Nestor Cortez is my my dark horse call for uh, for the Cy Young Award. He's going to have tons of of support. Big chance it wins. Big games, you know. Uh, and I just I hate sitting here listening to. Well, I think Verlander's going to win it. Like that's such a crappy Homer freaking old head pick. Uh, I think the Nationals are going to trade Soto. Uh, that's what it's looking like something that, we've never yep. seen before. We've Absolutely. never seen a player that good. That young get traded, but honestly, the 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 team's looking to get sold. And if you're an owner coming in, you absolutely want that trade to happen before I mean, you're in charge. They they already unloaded that World Series roster. I mean, Trey Turner uh, didn't wasn't it? Or no, was uh, was Bryce already gone? Bryce was gone. Bryce was already gone. Bryce yeah. left the year before. They he left won. the year before. But um, but Trey Turner. Uh, my little sister, actually, she lives in D.C., so she's a huge Nationals fan, and she was absolutely crushed when her second favorite baseball player, Trey Turner, went to the Dodgers, and she's about to be even more crushed when her favorite baseball player, Juan Soto, also leaves what do, Washington. What, is that, what do you get for that guy? It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't if, if, matter. They, if they look at you and say, we want your best prospects one through five. Yeah. Sure. You do it. Yeah, let's go yeah. get Soto. Exactly, and a perennial all-star who's twenty-three years old. That's like it's taking. That's like someone with a winning lottery ticket in their hand, um, willing to trade it to you for five that you just bought that you don't know if they're winners or not. Like you know, I'll give you a ten. Tell you what, I'll give you a twenty. How many mm-hmm. you want? You want a hundred? Mm-hmm. I'll give you whatever you want. So, and uh, last one, I'm going to go with Arenado gets his MVP this year. You think so? so I mean, you, you think my bold prediction that Ryan uh, McMahon gets the gets the gold glove from him? Uh, <laughs> You don't think that's going to happen anymore? I mean, it, no. Breaks his streak. Okay. I mean, you say any, you, was crushing third base. Though. When you say any more, when you say any more, that leads people to believe that I thought that at one point, and I, I was never on that train. I did some deep googling, and I found a website that also said that was a bold prediction of theirs that Ryan McMahon would win the Gold Glove, and I was like, "See, I'm not the only one." The Rockies out, didn't lose like 15 in a row. Might might be possible. Hey, Rockies had the set set the record it's for the altitude scoring two plus runs. Makes it at easier home. to play third base. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, yeah. So we've pretty much caught up on what we're looking at on baseball. Um, basically, the only thing we didn't really touch on is the playoff race. It's a little too early for that. But the teams that are in the lead this year, there will be um, extra playoff spots. There's going to be twelve mm-hmm. playoff teams instead of ten. Wah, wah. Right. So that kind of like if you're looking at the American League, that looks like uh, the Angels, whether they overtake Houston or not, they're probably going to be the fifth or sixth best team in the American League. But that's what the Twins ahead of the White Sox, though, right? White Sox have so many injuries right now. Yeah. The the White Sox are actually 19 and 19. They're right at 500. Um, Which is good for second place in the AL Central. Well, it is. The AL Central is a snoozer. It's not doing that. puts you in like fourth place in the West. But we can't. I mean, Minnesota is actually. I mean, they're having a good year. You know, they're having a great start. So twenty three sixteen. Um, that's going to be an interesting Buxton, one. Buxton, Buxton playing incredibly well playing out there in center field. Incredible, absolutely. Um, and then we've got our National League. I think the the biggest surprise for some people has been the New York Mets. Like, regardless of how much money they spend, I don't think a lot of people could admit that the Mets would actually finally be good. And they are. Um, Scherzer's out six to eight weeks with an oblique strain. Just going to say that. That might, I mean, Scherzer, I believe, you is can't uh, just sub in Scherzer, Scherzer is top five in strikeouts in the league right now. So that that's going to hurt a little bit. Um, the Braves, not a great start. They're under 500. How did they do last year before the they All-Star were, break? They were under 500. They were terrible. And then they how did terrible. the season end? I feel like it ended well. All they needed to do was lose Ronald Acuna <laughs> for the year, and then they were good. Hot. Um, and then uh, the only other ones jumping out for me is, uh, are the Rockies as bad as they were? Sp- they're not as bad as they were supposed to be. I mean, not, the Rockies, not even close. Yeah. Uh, the, the you were, you know we're waiting for that June really swoon, bad. though. The well, historic June swoon. But they already started off stronger than they usually start, so they're ahead of schedule for that huge slump. The only reason that we're really invested in this is I have a season-long bet 
I put 20 bucks on it that they were going to I, I took the over. Now the over for the Rockies 68 and a half. It was 68 and a half. So I need, I need him to win I need him to win 69 games. Uh, I don't so know. <laughs> I have a similar bet with Mark and I said the Rockies are going to win close to 90 games. Close to 90 games. Well, Why would you I say said that? close? But then we argued how many how close you have to be to be like close. Like within 15? Yeah, so 20. So I'm guessing 80 plus. <laughs> Okay. If they get to 70 games, I'll give you the money. Yeah. I mean, I think 70 is realistic. Now, we are talking about winning 70 games. It's not, we're not talking about anything too crazy here. Um, but, yeah, I think I think the Rockies are, despite their strong start and then their horrible fall apart in the last couple of weeks. Brian's back officially today, I believe. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's a doubleheader because yesterday got uh, postponed from the snow yep. that they got down there. We did not get here. But, um, but yeah. So, anyways, uh, the baseball season has kicked off. We're really happy that we have a baseball season after that lockout. And uh, go Rockies. Go Yankees. All right. Transition into unbreakable records. Yeah, let's talk about some unbreakable <laughs> records. This is always a fun one. This is something that Mark and I and a couple of our other sports buddies, we've uh, in our group chat, we've gone over this uh, ad nauseum. But I forgot that we haven't done it on a podcast. So let's uh, let's chat about some unbreakable records. You know, I I kind of went pretty chalky. I'm not gonna lie. You can dig deep and you can get really obscure. Records. Well, the sports aren't played the same as they used to be, exactly. so some records are just going to be unbreakable. Start off with uh, Cy Young's 749 complete games. Yep, I think that's uh, one there's of no the... pitcher. There's no pitcher in the majors that's going to have 749 appearances. No, that's that's no. not going to happen. That's that's as solid as a record as you get. You could you could say his 500 and change wins, same thing. Right. Uh, they go hand in hand. Didn't, yeah. did Maddox got over 350, or got like right to 350? Like like the modern. Best pitcher ever didn't even come close. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you know the records. Sabathia got to like three hundred and change. Right, and and, and that's a guy who monster Yankee teams. And that's a guy who played way past when he probably mm-hmm. should have mm-hmm. been, but he's CC. So that's a good one. What about us uh, on the baseball topic? I mean, Ricky. The, Ricky the Henderson. Fourteen oh six. Point, of the, ga- point bases. of the games to score runs, and nobody scored more runs than Ricky. Exactly. Yeah, his fourteen hundred stolen bases. Who's in second? Isn't it like nine hundred and some? I'm not even seeing. I think Ty Cobb had like nine hundred and eighty. And we, when we were going through this, we were looking at it, and uh, these days, people just don't steal bases like that. And when we think about a guy like Ichiro, like if anyone was going to get close. Ichiro wasn't even close. Well, and you can't just be some fast guy. No. You have to get on base. You've got to be able to hit the ball. So, like, you, you can't like, steal oh, first. To steal 1,400 bases, you have to get 1,400 hits. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's very true. Um, <laughs> This is kind of a negative one. Do you think anyone's ever going to break the uh, Brett Favre's 305? 305, <laughs> that's on my list. 300. But you know, like, you know who leads the majors in walks all time? Is it Nolan? Nolan. Yeah, it's Nolan. And it's not close. No. It's extreme. Right. He has right. so many walked back. It's in the, like, 4,000s. And I think, like, with Brett Favre, I, that's the thing is I don't think uh, – Well, they don't play football like that anymore. They just don't play football like that. I'm, I, I'm just trying to think in my head. I think you could throw 15 interceptions for 20 years and not – And get to 300. <laughs> and you'd get to 300. Is that the math? Yeah. I mean, that's – So you'd have to play 20 years and be pretty bad. How about uh, – Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain averaging 50.4 points per game for an entire season. A guy goes for 50. That's a monster yeah. game. Right. Wilt averaged 50. Yeah. No, that, that, that's, that, not, I mean, that's not happening. You look at the old school numbers and they're like, well, that guy couldn't have played today. Like one of the few I look at, like I think Wilt's, Wilt Chamberlain could play in today's NBA and be very effective. I know I, I have no grounds to say that. It, it You know, it's purely supposition. But that said, it uh, – you know, uh, they called him a ball hog in the press. So the next season, he just went out and led the league in assists. Only center ever to lead right. the league in assists. They they had to they had to change rules for Wilt Chamberlain. Like, oh, yeah, you can shoot over the backboard, and if it goes in, it, it goes in the hoop. That yeah, oh, what Wilt's good enough that he can literally jump from under the basket, reach his hand over the back of the backboard, and drop the ball into the hoop. Well, that's an undefendable shot. Uh, yeah, that's illegal now. Right, right, exactly. Yep. Uh, do you think? Do you think anyone will get walked 
120 times intentionally like Barry, Barry Bonds, Bonds did? Do you think that'll ever happen again? You'll have a hitter that prolific where they just won't. I mean, are they going to are they going to stop paying attention to people that use performance enhancing drugs? So that probably had a lot to do with. I it. mean, like that they, had they, that had everything to do with it. Like they knew he was juicing, I mean, so they're just like, no, he just naturally grew an inch and an eighth hat size well, I'm just over saying, a season like, and a half. I'm just saying that like, just happens when you turn thirty, teams, right? Opposing teams just decided just not to throw to him. So you're Why just kind of saying like he, he got walked 232 times that year. You're just total. saying with, without steroids, you're not walking someone that much. I, I don't think you can right. be that prolific of gotcha. a hitter without gotcha. being okay. perf- I, I having your performance saying. enhanced. Do you think uh, uh, do you think a football team will ever lose 26 consecutive games? I thought again? it was 29. Tampa. Tampa 26. I'm just looking. No, I believe you told me. If you told me 26, in my head I had 29. But no, like Detroit got close. Yeah, they did. I mean that's hard to do, but that's not impossible. The Browns, the Browns went like a monster span of yeah. like forty games, winning like two games. But they won them at the right mm. time, so that they didn't have that long of a. Stream. Like it wouldn't stun me that a team suddenly became that bad. Uh, how about uh, well, how about Wayne Gretzky's two thousand eight hundred and fifty-seven points? I yeah. You take a, away all you take, you take all of Wayne's goals away. I was like, did you just call goals <laughs> points? Well, goals and assists combined. Oh, yeah. okay. Hockey That's called points. points. Hockey's, okay. Hockey's Well, you can remove all of Wayne's goals. We're not hockey guys. And his assists outnumber anyone's points. It's, Wayne had more ridiculous. assists yeah. than anyone else had goals and assists combined. Like, old geezer Wayne Gretzky holds the record for most goals in a season by a New York Ranger. Right. Like, Wayne, the great one, he, he holds a tremendous amount of records. In the NHL. Well, do you think anyone, speaking of Wayne, do you think anyone's ever going to win nine MVP awards in any sport ever again? Like, does LeBron come even close to nine MVP awards? No, and I think we exist in in an era now where, like, writers writers don't want to give the same guy. Because, I mean, honestly, sports are a TV show. Ooh, piece of candy. Well, it's it's a TV show. And yeah. nobody wants to watch the same rerun over and over again. You, you're trying to sell magazines. Well, you think everyone, Rolling Stone's trying to come right. up with the 100 greatest guitar players of all time? No, but I don't. they do it every year, looking at, looking and at they you, change it up. Looking at you, Joan Jett. Like, right? What? Yeah. Um, uh, Ted well, Nugent I, was so sad about that. He, he should be. That. He deserved <laughs> to be. That's a joke. Uh, all right. Uh, to close this Ted out, Nugent, you got any so more? Uh, uh, Cal Ripken, 2,632 consecutive games. Yep, you got no, to uh, Whit Merrifield's got the record right now. Or he's current leader with like 400 and change. Like you'd have to play Since, yeah. every game for 18 years to get there. Uh, honestly, here's one I didn't know. <clears throat> um, Tiger Woods ha- hit 142 straight cuts. That's crazy. Over a seven-year period from 1998 to 2005, he did not miss the cut during his prime for seven years. That's that's unheard of consistency well, and dominance. Uh, and, yeah, Jerry Rice is 22,895 22, yards I receiving. To, got to have Jerry No on one's there. even close. Just not going to happen. Kind of like the Cal thing in a way of just like they just played so long where, I mean, I, I remember I was, I was, well, Jerry Rice, I believe, was drafted, um, I'm not sure exactly what year, but like mid-late 80s, 86, 87 maybe, 84, 85, sometime around there. I was born in 1987. Jerry Rice was one of my favorite football players as early as I can remember in the early 90s. Jerry Rice was in the original Tecmo Bowl. (laughs) That's how old Jerry Rice was. And when I came to college... First round of the 1985 draft with the 16th overall pick. Spent 16 years at the Niners. Um so that guy, that when I was a small kid, he was my favorite player. When I came to college, to Greeley, Colorado, he was playing for the Denver Broncos. Oh, yeah, I'm for stunned. The training camp? I'm stunned you don't have yes. that jersey. I know I should. We but need. To, what, well, you need to start a collection of obscure guys who played for awkward players uh, yeah. at the end. It was. Yeah. A, it was a random number too. I don't remember. He was, yeah, he he wasn't. He wasn't eighty. Well, eighties. Um, uh, he was like uh, eighteen or something. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird number, but anyways, um, but yeah, good old Jerry. It's gonna take a guy to be insanely elite for an insanely long time. You just don't really get that a lot, you know. It's the Wayne Gretzky's. It's the um, we talked about Cal, but he just played a long time. He wasn't necessarily like at the top of leaderboards the whole time. But Cal Ripken, he had to uh, switch positions to keep playing. Exactly. Yeah, he. That's what happens to. <laughs> 
like I, I think Baltimore Cal was the only thing they had going on. I I was I grew up uh, until I was like ten in Northern Virginia, so the the Orioles were a big deal in my life. And uh, yeah, other than when. Brady Anderson started taking steroids and hitting home runs. It was pretty much just Cal Ripken. We did have Roberto Alomar for a little bit. Uh, Mike Mussina, that was fun. But And now they have a what bigger was Mussina, wall. Mussina, who did he play for? Mussina, where did he spend most of his years? Not Baltimore. It was Baltimore. What What number was he? Ah! Oh, he was, was number he 35, just oh like Adley gosh. Rushman. Dang it, you're kidding And me. we have gone full I w- circle. So I was going to say right off the bat, I was like, 35 sounds like a pitcher number. Moose. Gotcha. All right. Um, Guy who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. We got a couple more things we're going to touch on here before we get Ooh, out Do I have a second for hair? some maybe records? Are you going to do some maybe records? There's an Ari- uh, a kid named Arian Knighton. He's uh, 19 years old, 18, 19 years old. He's at LSU right now. He just set the fourth fastest time in history in the 200-meter dash. Actually broke... Uh, Broke Usain Usain Bolt's personal oh, wow. bests in the two hundred meter. That's crazy. Uh, like blew away guys like like Carl Lewis and such. Like only only three guys in history, and he's and he's nineteen years old. So he has the under twenty record. Uh, under twenty is where they bump right. you into adult. Yeah. in track, that's the obligatory number. Uh, he's a kid who's on pace could could break the two hundred meter record. Um, also, are the Cincinnati Reds going to lose one hundred twenty games? I know they're I know they're hot now. They're like eleven and. 25. Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah. They're, they're not good. They were terrible. They lost a game where they didn't give up any hits. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, that was their game. That happened in real people life. Yeah. And then they lose it to Pittsburgh. <laughs> to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. The powerhouse <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. Through a, through a no hitter yeah. through eight and yeah. lost by one run. Yep. Oh, rough. Rough. All right. Northern Colorado in Windsor, we have a new sports team coming in. It's the NoCo Owls. They are um, in the Pioneer. There we go. A little NoCo Owl hoots there. Uh, the Owls, formerly of Orem. Uh, Orem, name that state. Sounds like Idaho. Sounds somewhere where people one of those one of those teeth days. all to themselves. Uh, the Orem Owls moved to Windsor to be the NoCo Owls. They're in the Pioneer League, which is a 10 10- Team baseball league. It, it is a uh, it is a professional league. It's it's considered a minor league affiliate. So it basically is around to um, to promote the brand of baseball in non major markets. That's what the MLB's mm-hmm. uh, affiliation with the Pioneer League is. They don't. Um, you're not going to be seeing guys who are in the Rockies organization playing for the NOCO Owls. so um, Tell that to the Hayes Larks. <laughs> Orms in Utah also, by the way. Utah. Okay. It's the, I, I figured it, it sounds like a Mormony type name. <laughs> yeah. You, Is that offensive? You, you need to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all the Mormons listening. What does that even mean? <clears throat> oh, it's Orm. Oh, it sounds like something like Uncle Orm. Okay, it does sound very Mormony. Yeah, well, at least we're cu- at least we're cutting all this out. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the Noco Owls—they're going to be playing in Windsor. Um, Are they though? See, that's a good question. <laughs> we're kind of rolling right in. I was going to like lead up a little bit, but there has been a lot of speculation about the Noco Owls on social media because they are very active posting uh, pictures. They're posting the team, like introducing these guys and all of that stuff. But they are not. The one thing they're not doing is selling tickets to the games. And their first road game is this upcoming Wednesday. The first home game is still scheduled for June first at Future Legends Sports Complex. Future Legends is uh, right in Windsor. They It's under construction right now. There's going to be a 6,500-seat uh, theater. They have a partnership with Ticket Smarter, so it'll be the Ticket Smarter Stadium. That's where the Owls are going to play, but that won't be open until 2023. So there's been a lot of speculation where are they going to play this year. According to their website, they're building a secondary stadium that seats about 2,500 people, and that's where they're going to play the inaugural uh, season. But with opening day only a couple of weeks away, you still can't buy tickets for it. You can send an inquiry as far as season tickets go. Um, you can buy Orem Owls gear on their merchandise website, but no NoCo Owls stuff. Uh, it's really it's a, it's up in the air, and a lot of people that are super excited about getting a local sports team here are a little bit nervous that it might not 
happen. It's just it's odd to have so much murkiness about the status of where these guys are going to be playing. Uh, we did uh, reach out to them for a uh, comment about the status of opening day. Uh, we haven't heard back from them yet. As soon as we do, we will update people. Um, but yeah, Mark, what do you think? I mean, we got we got some baseball coming in, some local ball. Man, I'm one of the people that was really hopped up. I was super excited. As a guy who has watched some minor league baseball, I love it. I'm a big fan. I grew up in a town, grew up in a very small town in western Kansas where they had a semi-pro baseball team, even even lower, even lower than uh, than these owls would be considered. Uh, lower than Pioneer League. Lower than Pioneer <laughs> League. Like the, these guys had to had to live at host family houses, so they that, had to pay to play. Oh, they, they they people people volunteered their their homes so that these people had somewhere to live because gotcha. they were making no money. And uh, I got to watch Albert Pujols play. No way. Albert Pujols was a Hazelark. Wow. A man who signed a contract for a quarter of a billion dollars. Yes. Played in a town that has 19,000 people. Craig Biggio spent time with the – I mean, minor league teams, yeah, you, you get one or two a, a generation damn near. But somebody, like, if you keep playing, man, they find you. Right. And it's just fun, man. It, okay. Tickets are cheap. Yeah. You get to go out. Tickets are going to be anywhere from uh, 4 to $20, depending on where you want to sit. Good, so. Very Colorado. Um, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, honestly. Well, I think it's technically 4 to $19, so maybe that's fine. Well, that's way less fun. That's way less fun. But, you know, like fun stuff, like hot dog race, you right, know, and, right. and, and uh, goofy that, stuff, that's quirky a good point. stuff. It's Minor a blast. league baseball tends to be different than the serious. Well, they don't have the giant TVs to right. keep you entertained mm-hmm. and the killer system. So it's like, oh, look, there's some dude's going to come. Right. Pull 415 baseballs out of his T-shirt. Like, I love it. I love it. Well, obviously, we're all just we're excited, and we're just hoping for some good news. But um, real quick, I, they, they have been – the one thing that, that the team has been good about is updating us on their players. They've been really good about that. So I scanned through. Uh, there's a couple guys that are super interesting. We'll just touch on them real quick. The first one, new to the NOCO Owls, Jake Greenwald. Jake Greenwald is a relief pitcher, right-hander. This guy was drafted by the um, San Francisco Giants. He spent a couple years in their organization, and he's also the only member of the team who was born and raised in Windsor, Colorado. So he is a local boy, and he is also Windsor's only um, major league draft pick. He's the only person to ever be drafted. Was he a wizard? He was a Windsor wizard, yes. So Jake Greenwald coming back to – to play some baseball here in his hometown. So that's super exciting. Everyone's going to be rooting for him. Um, another guy that I really, uh, that I find pretty interesting on this, um, on this roster here, they have one player um, that was, that actually pitched in the majors. And he actually, let's see. Into the show. That's a wild thing, too. You know he's going to be the hero amongst all the guys on the team when it's like, whoa, bro, you've been to the majors? Like, you ever you ever watch Bull Durham? You know, like, you've been to the – yeah, I was in the show once. I was in the show for 21 days once. You know, in the show, you get to use white balls for batting practice. And they're like, oh, what? Like, yeah, man, white balls for batting practice. Dude, I saw – Somebody some- carries your bags. Yeah, I saw some <laughs> weird stat that it takes, like – 12,000 cows to make the baseballs for a single season of MLB. The average baseball lasts less than three pitches. Uh, it's 1.5 or 1.3 pitches. Oh, yeah. And they all get rubbed with a specific mud from a bog in Maryland. It's on public property, so, so what they're doing is probably illegal. <laughs> uh, anyway, cutting yeah. back to Kelly. Anyways, the, the Owls guy that, was, uh, that actually has some major league experience, his name is Jerry L. Rivera. Um, he played a season like up with... Jerry L? Jerry L E L L Jerry oh. L. Oh, okay, cool. Or like Jerry. Like his middle L. name isn't Lawrence. Nope, it's like Jerry L. Jerry oh. L. Rivera. Oh. Uh, but this guy, he pitched it for the Angels up there. So um, obviously, he's got a little bit of an arm on him. He's a left-handed pitcher out of Puerto Rico. So he's going to be definitely the hottest arm on the mound for these guys. And then there's a whole slew of guys from. All over the country that are coming to play some baseball, all of them have minor league experience or they're on the other side of it where um, they literally have no experience. They went to a tryout in Arizona and they did a lottery draft for the um, for the Pioneer League, and that's how a lot of these guys ended up here. It's kind of the NOCO Owls inaugural season, so they got some extra picks, and some of these guys are... 
Like literally they were moving furniture, went out to this uh, tryout, and now they're going to play baseball for the NOCO Owls this year. Um, so, yeah, super exciting. We should see some fun stuff. And the last thing I want to talk about about the Owls, probably the most exciting thing is the manager, Corey Snyder. Um, Corey Snyder was is a former big league player. Um, he was he, a hot shot in college, yeah? He was an insane hot shot in college. Uh, compared to his college career, his, um, his pro career didn't go nearly as well, but... Um, but yeah, big guy out in the Cape Cod League. He was uh, teammates with Carlos Pena, um, Mark McGuire, Rafael Palmero. He was an All American with those guys. So uh, let's see, what did he do in in 1984 um, in college? He hit 462. Uh, that was his All American year with Mark. That's McGuire. a career, man. Yeah, that's a career. He was on the U.S. national baseball team in 1984. Homered twice. Uh, won the gold medal versus Japan with those guys. Goddamn um, right, he did. He was with Mark McGuire and Barry Larkin on that team, oh. along with Rafael Palmero. Um, and then, yeah, in the eighties, uh, that's when he went, uh, into the majors. He was, let's see, his rookie year, he finished fourth in rookie of the year voting. Um, so yeah, this guy definitely, he had a hot start and then he started getting hurt. That's what happens to, so, yep. Like this was a guy that everybody thought was going to be you know, future Hall of Famer, and then injuries kind of derailed him. But it's going to be super fun to have a guy with that much experience um, in, you know, at this level and at the next level coaching these guys. So, yeah, super cool, super cool. It's fun to – it's going to be fun to go see how the team does, and uh, hopefully they can compete. Basically, the it's a – the season goes through September 10th, and when the season's over, the top two seeds in each – division each five team division play each other in a one game series to see who goes to the championship and then one team from each division plays a three game series for the championship series so that's how they do the postseason so as long as the noco owls can make top two they got a chance to uh play closer towards uh the end of the summer and we obviously would love to would love to see them take home the championship they actually have the the mvp of the pioneer league um they, damn it, we're going to have to cut this out probably. I think I messed it up. The Pecos League, the MVP of the Pecos League, mm-hmm. which is another Pioneer League type um, baseball league. Uh, he's coming over to play for the NOCO Owls. Um, he's the uh, second baseman. So, yeah, they've definitely, they're getting some power in there and stuff. It should be fun to see. Absolutely. Coming to a town near you. Hopefully. Oh, allegedly. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> All right, we touched on it a little bit earlier. Uh, in Colorado here, they've uh, they've gone out of their way to kind of uh, limit the use, uh, especially Native American references as in, in mascots of, of schools and teams. Uh, Cody, how, where do you stand on this? I know we, we talk about how, you know, there's a there's a far difference between the, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Lamar Savages. I think that is really the heart of the issue. And my, my stance on it, with anything like this is if it's offend if it offends people then it's offensive even if it doesn't offend you um there is a line that has to be drawn there of course but um if people find the Cleveland Indians offensive then you should probably change the name if a bunch of irish people find Notre Dame calling their sports team the fighting irish offensive they should probably change that name um but no one does. You know, it's like we're not talking about hypotheticals. We're talking about real ones. And the ones that they're really upset about are Redskin, Indian. Um, in the state of Colorado, literally more than half of the teams that had Native American-themed mascots were literally called the Indians. That is – I get why Natives don't like that. Indian is a wrong term anyways because Columbus thought he was in India. He thought he was in the West Indies. Exactly. So – um I get why they find all of that offensive, regardless of the cultural, you know, things um, and, and the historical side of it. So I guess the, the the real thing then, as it concerns teams like the Atlanta Braves and the Kansas City Chiefs, is how many people being upset does it take before it's offensive and you should change the name? The Chiefs, the Braves, those are more prideful representations of Native American culture, uh, whereas like the Indians and Chief Wahoo, it's it's kind of tough to say that that that's not a little cringy, right? So that's my take on it is the real debate is 
is how many people have to be upset. Like there's not many very there's not many people upset about the Kansas City Chiefs, but there's a couple. It seems like with Atlanta, more people are upset about the tomahawk chop than the name the Braves. Chiefs do the chop as well. Exactly. Everyone's upset about the tomahawk chop, not really so much about the name. Um, And then just to tie it back to Colorado, you have uh, some of the high schools. um, Eaton, which is one of the – I think they produce more NFL players per capita out of Eaton, Colorado than any place in the country. Because there's, what, like three of them? Well, well, when you graduate like 19 yeah. kids a year, that's huge. <coughs> but I mean, you got guys like Austin Eckler, Eckler out of there. You know, he's the biggest name right now. But um, that th- their mascot was the Reds, and they had it was a Native American, American with mascot. the feather. So what they did was they just they got rid of the feather, and they're just the Reds, the Eaton Reds. Well, nobody's talking smack on the Cincinnati Reds, but they were named after the Red Stockings. Yes, I'm aware. Well, I know, but you know what I'm saying. So, but red is also the derogatory skin color term. For Native Americans, kind of like yellow is for Asian people. Like, they, it's not cool. I get it, you know. But, like, the the, the yellow Power Ranger being the Asian one. And the black, the black one, one the black being guy. the black one. You know, like, it's stereotypical. And I get why people are trying to go away from that, you know. So, I guess my point on it is if enough people are upset, then you should probably change your name. Mm-hmm. Um, but... With things like Eaton, they just got rid of the feather, and now they're the Reds. They didn't really have to change too much because they weren't named the Indians. Mm-hmm. So I think that if if you have an offensive or a name that people kind of find offensive, then you should probably change it. And if it's more of a prideful term, we don't want to erase these cultures from pop culture, right? Like Native Americans aren't represented as it is. We don't want to represent them poorly, but we don't want to eliminate them from being referenced in pop culture. And and you're you're dealing with uh, you're dealing with the the opposing force here is 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 one tied to tradition, right? People that have seen something that has been that way for a very long time, and and we exist in a in a in a situation where often something can be wrong, but it's been wrong for so long that it it, it gets some momentum as towards being right. You know, it, right. it, people yep. people aren't necessarily, uh, you know, they're not they're not mad pertaining to the issue. They're mad that they grew up watching the Cleveland Indians for how many years? I think the forties. I think right. the forties. The Indians came into came the into being. The Indians mean something to them. That means something to them. That right. this team has been this team for this long, and they're just they're just against change in right. general. And. And it's a lot under, of them are like, well, where was the outrage to be 50 in? years ago? And it's mm. like, well, just because you didn't hear about it doesn't mean there wasn't outrage. You like, know? I mean, I I used to bag groceries uh, when I was uh, in high school. Yeah. And uh, I remember getting absolutely ripped into by a little old lady when Hershey bars stopped being in the aluminum foil with the paper sleeve and yep. just started being in the sealed plastic. And I remember sitting here and just taking it because I was like 16 years old working for like, you know, probably $7.50 an hour. You know, like, I don't know how this lady thinks I have any pull with the people of Hershey PA as I stand here, (laughs) stand here bagging groceries. How dare you? But, you know, she needed somebody to yell at and damn it, I was the kid standing there. So she was going to yell at me. And there's a certain amount of the population that is going to be upset that the way that things were is not the way that things are. And it's it's a natural reaction. Right. I'm sure we've all felt it to some extent or another that when something changes and we we had no problem with it the way that it was, but you know that's that's not the world we live in right now and uh most of us would say that's that's for the better that we're we're as a whole moving in a direction that is uh that is different than the one that we were going in before. Right, and it seems like everybody is down for progressive change and all of that until they're changing the name of your baseball team. <laughs> Everyone has a line they draw, you know, like nobody's sexist and nobody's racist. And to, well, until I'm googling why the name Cleveland Indians isn't racist to support my point when I'm arguing <laughs> with somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody's willing to be progressive and woke until you know they're getting rid of the the foil on your Hershey bar. So. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think the names thing is definitely something that's going to iron itself out over time. And um, especially with new 
you know, new schools, new mascots, things like that. Mm-hmm. No one, no one's going to be naming, you know, the Indians. This just won't be an issue as much in the future, I mm-hmm. guess is, is what I'm saying. But yeah, it's definitely an issue now. All right, well, this has been a pretty good talk. The last thing I want to do real quick is just line out. Um, we will be having a fantasy football episode coming out, so make sure you check out uh, that bonus episode when it drops. Um, one of the things that I want to touch on real quick as we sign off here, though, is we do have a lot of contests coming up throughout the fantasy football year. We'll probably be doing some baseball, uh, home run derby type contests, and um, we're moving our fantasy leagues to sleeper. Download the Sleeper app or go on Mm sleeper.com if you want to create an account. Um, We'll be getting all the info out on how to join our leagues and what the prizes will be. But we're other than just cash prizes this year, we're going to have a couple uh, gift giveaways. We've got a couple already in the bag, such as a Pat Sertain signed Broncos mini helmet. And we also have a Debo Samuel signed football. What? Absolutely. we got a couple things that we're going to be giving away, not as the grand prizes, but just to make it more interesting. I've decided fantasy football is inherently random. So one way we can make it more fun is by giving out more fun prizes. Um, And as much as everybody likes winning 20 bucks or something, you'd probably like winning, I don't know, something a little bit cooler. Um, Like more interesting prizes is what we're kind of going for. Uh, You know, like highest scoring team of the week gets something or things like that. We're just trying to make our contest a little bit more fun so it's not your average run-of-the-mill fantasy league. Um, And most um, most of our fantasy contests are all free to join. All you have to do is join and like us, and we'll give you stuff. Please like me. All right. Well, this was a good talk. We rambled a little bit more than we wanted to, as usual. I keep saying the term we when I really mean me, Cody O. (laughs) That has been pointed out several times. Um, But thank you, everybody, for listening. We're going to get back in the studio here as soon as we can and get another one out. And make sure you uh, stay tuned for the fantasy info. Those bonus episodes drop a little more often than the regular podcast. Lazy-ass masterminds, you got anything for the folks on your way out? I just want to thank the folks that are listening and uh, say hi to my wife. Love you, honey. Ooh, I also have a wife. Love you, babe. I have a cat. (laughs) All right, see you next time on Excessive Celebration.